you're very welcome along to the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio on the Saturday morning. Pori, good morning to you. Good morning, Deirdre. And you're welcome into the studio. It's fantastic to be back. It's great to be back. (laughs) And it's good to have you here. (laughs) And what a busy week we've had. Yes, I can imagine from a gardening perspective particularly. Yeah, so just uh, just to start the programme by just uh, reminding our customers, and first of all, thanking our customers for being, uh, you know, it's amazing how the habits change, how people are are being very socially responsible and keeping the two metre distance within the stores and and, you know it's funny to see Um, but uh, just to remind people that are going to to the garden centres that we do have a sanitising table as they come into the entrance of the building and there are gloves there and hand gels and antivirus wipes and and we ask everybody that is visiting Hawkins just to use that table. Um, There's a staff member there and they'll talk you through it and and put the gloves on as you come into the garden centre. Um, We also have around the till areas and and, uh, any of the kind of um, areas where people might be gathering strips on the floor Very which good. clearly identifies the two metre spacing. That's so handy for people because yeah. you know sometimes you're a little unsure but what when it's when when it's kind of diagramma- diagrammatically laid out for you it's just so handy yeah. and people then are absolutely able to follow it no and, questions. And they do and they're, and they're brilliant and also you know when, when, when you are engaging with our team um, just keep that two metre uh, you know, it's funny to see people as you start to talk to them, they start to step forward. <laughs> so so we we are just reminding people of, of all of that. And, and my team are, f- are fully trained on that. And uh, just remind people when they are visiting, I suppose, it's, it's to make use of the sanitising areas and also then to... Um, to keep the two metre spacing. we The Sunday morning is proving being very, very popular. So we have opened Brilliant. from 10 o'clock um, and, we're, and it's particularly very popular with the senior gardeners. Uh, so if older people are just a little bit more concerned, that's a good time, 10 to 12 on Sunday mornings. Now we are open right through to six o'clock, but we are open early on Sunday morning. And the place is so big anyway, that, you know, the two metre spacing is not a problem, um, you know, within the garden centres. Phone calls, people are ringing to see are we open and we are open the seven days as normal and we do take orders over the phone as well so people don't want to visit so we had some calls where people have ordered product and can you bring it out to the car park for me and that's perfectly fine as well and the online is working really as well as well Horkins.ie so you can reach out to us in many different ways Um, we have made the space as safe as possible and we do ask people just to you know, common sense, use the hand sanitizers and keep the, the social distancing as well um, is really po- popular. But, but I popped into my own mum and dad actually yesterday. All good? All good. And, and my dad is 85 and uh, is like a spring chicken. Good and, morning, and my mother, Mr. Horkin Sr. And my mother is 83. I went down for her her uh, her infamous soup, okay. which is homemade soup. But uh, they weren't in the house. They were actually out in the garden yesterday. And Where gardening, else would you gardening be all morning. I thought, wasn't that great? You know, at that age, they're out and doing doing a bit. Dad had actually tended the shrubs and pruned them and fed them and looking for a couple of tips. But mum was cleaning out the veggie pot and planting up the veggie pot with, um, with lots of salads and onions. And of course, I was given a list to bring the tarragon and, right. and some of the plants back as well. And I thought <laughs> well, it was great, great to see them out and using the garden. And, and I suppose that's the message from the HSE yeah. um, when the weather is conducive get out there get gardening get walking um, 
I and to just take in a bit of fresh air. Absolutely. And I suppose if, if people have uh, extra time on their hands for various reasons at the moment, um, then what better way to, I suppose, use up some use of that time. Things. And the last two days uh, were just beautiful. They were fantastic. Uh, yeah. I know a little crisp perhaps at times, but otherwise, I mean, just stunning sunshine. So... And when we do get a little bit of frost at night time, people do need to be just careful of tender plants, um, you know, things that might be damaged by the frost. So just be careful with your tomato plants or cucumbers or anything. Don't obviously put them outside. And even in the tunnel, it's a little bit chilly at mm. the moment. Keep them on your windowsill and let them grow on. But we've seen a huge interest in the whole grow, grow your own. And it's great to see people back actually planting uh, and having a go. And, and I'm surprised how many new families, people that have never gardened, are coming in and they're, tr- they're having a go at planting a few potatoes or strawberries or tomato plants or whatever. So there's a real strong sense in terms of sustainability um, and, and people growing their own trees or their own um, edible plants in particular. So we're seeing a big interest in that in both fruits, vegetables, herbs, salads. Remember, so many can be just sown from seed. They're so easy to sow now. And as I said last week, we've got the perfect environment indoors to start the seeds off and and germinate the seeds. But the plants are ready for planting at the moment as well. And, And you'll always hear me saying, do a little bit of both both buy some seed, sow them, sow them little and often. Don't sow the whole packet of peas together. Okay. You know, spread it out maybe every month, sow the seeds, sow them on your windowsill, a little bit of cling filler over them and within seven or eight days um, they've germinated and within two or three weeks you can plant them out into the garden soil and there are lots of plants available at the moment. So your red cabbage and your hispe cabbage and your cauliflower and your broccoli and your peas and beans and all of those are available as plants for planting out into your garden as well. So the seeds that we're going to sow say at the minute yeah. um, we're talking about having a crop during 2020 are we? We're, oh we're to- uh, absolutely <laughs> before the summer oh yeah that. no no I mean there are there it depends are, on what it is of course it, obviously it, it is well even even the microgreens the small little greens um, so you can get a packet of say mustard seed or cress seed mm. or even things like um, cabbage broccoli anything in the brassica family make very good microgreens and by microgreens they're literally the seedlings that you're actually eating so they're perfect in sandwiches or salads some of them can be quite peppery and spicy uh, like cress or, or um, any, any watercress or any of those um, but so the microgreens are ready within days within seven days you've got something to eat but there are a whole range of veg and Sutton's came out last year with a whole concept around the speedy veg and really what they were appealing to were people that love to buy the mixed salads in your supermarket to grow them yourself at home and if you sow the seeds now you're ready to harvest within three weeks Wow okay So three weeks so you're not waiting for the summer three weeks you can actually start to harvest them and one of the piece of advice I was giving to people last year if you're growing salad say in your window box or patio container or veggie pot or whatever not to cut the heads but to peel them so take what you need okay. so literally just take the leaves off the lettuce plant or the salad leaf oh, plant right. and allow it to regrow so again so not, not to take the stem part as not such. to actually cut the root right. or the stem just simply take what you need so go out with your with your salad bowl select the plants the pieces bits you want to take and bring them in and eat them and those plants will regrow again right through the, the summer period so the one window box of mixed salads will give you enough pickings right through to the end of the summer and that was really successful for things like spinach, for things like Swiss chard, all the lettuce varieties can be done, the Laura Rosses and, and Little Gems and all of those, all the salad leaf varieties can be sown from seed in that way. So you're already taken, it's a great way to teach children as well. Mm. 
you know, not to be dumping, because let's face it, if you if you cut a head of lettuce, most of it ends up in the bin. We only use a small amount of leaves, so it's, it's a total waste. So rather than actually physically cutting the head, simply take what you need. So the Speedy Veg or range of, of vegetables, that's a pack I have in my hand. It's a mixture. Um, and they come in a whole range of, of different uh, varieties yep. and the whole concept is around you sow and then you cut and it regrows. So it's a cut and come type of, of thing. Swiss chard, I grew quite a lot of this myself last year and I'm still using it um, and it's a, it's a lovely vegetable to Do use. you know, I'm not for sure if I've ever eaten Swiss, Swiss chard. Very, very nice. That's the seed of it there. That's one called Rainbow Mix and it's a great one again for kids because it's the colours of the rainbow and it looks really, really attractive if you've never ate the plant. So we're talking about the colours of the rainbow on the stalks. On the stalks. No. So yeah. the stalks are very similar to celery and they taste like celery and you can eat them raw if you wish in salads and um, they're very tender if you harvest them when they're young mm. and then the leaves can be used like spinach and oh, again it's one you, of my favourite vegetables yeah well that's a, that's a really simple vegetable and I've used that right through the winter period so it's still growing in the veggie pod on my patio and I've used it all winter and it's the type of vegetable that you can actually cut it completely and it just continues to so grow again one of these real cotton com ones perpetual very similar to spinach so it's a really simple one lovely for kids as well things like beetroot again that's one another one called rainbow mix which again is a whole range we, oh lots of different colour yeah, beetroots yeah we associate uh, beetroots with, with the kind of purple colour yes but they come in whites they come in shades of orange and purple as well and kind of creamy colour so they're worth sowing so really the message is now is the time of year to start sowing the seeds of lots of these plants and also to sow the plants as well and get them out into your garden soil and you do not need a big vegetable garden you don't need ridges and and you can grow them all in tubs and containers not a month's preparation or anything like that required no the veggie pod is a very good system because it's raised so it's it's waist high and particularly for older people they find it brilliant for for older people or anyone with a bad back or anything like that and you can physically sit at it if you want bring out the chair and sit at it or people in wheelchairs can actually their knees will go in under the table and they can garden and it's got this mesh that goes on the top like a mini tunnel Mm. which keeps out the cats in particular but also keeps out any garden pests like carrot root fly cabbage root fly veggie pot have actually made a veggie bag which is a smaller costs about 20 euros it's a bag on the same principle you put the compost into the bag it's got the environment to keep the the bugs out you put in your potatoes or you put in your salads or your carrots or whatever you want you zip up the bag and you leave it on your patio (laughs) wow (laughs) and you don't touch it for until you're ready to harvest Okay. So it's uh, you so leave it's it kind out. of got polythene. No, it's not polythene. It? No? It's it's a, it's an enviro mesh. So it's a special type of web netting. The trouble with polythene, like we talked about the polythene tunnel last yes. week, is that it tends to sweat plants. So if you put plants in, it's like putting you know lettuce plants in a, in a plastic bag. They sweat and they become very moist and they and particularly if they're growing, they get very soft. The veggie bag and the veggie pod are designed that to allow air movement in. So the temperature is pretty similar to outside. Okay. Uh, because of the environment, it creates this microclimate. So the plants grow 50% faster, but more importantly, it keeps the bugs out. So if you want to grow organically, it's a great way to grow plants organically. So the slugs can't get in, the cats can't get in. People keep reminding me about the cats because... Uh, <laughs> so, they uh, are but, problematic. They are, uh, but, but things like ca- uh, caterpillars, aphids, green fly, it keeps those out as long as you keep it. So the idea is you plant it up, you, 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 you close the zip, you leave it on your patio... Um, and then say within two months or, or four weeks or if it's a salad leaves you know within a couple of weeks you can go out and start cropping your plants so uh, a veggie bag it's a veggie bag it's like a it's like a um, 
it's like a tall bag right. and it's self, self-supporting, self-standing. You put a layer of compost into the bag, you put a layer of tuber potatoes, say, put another layer of soil, another layer of tuber potatoes and, 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 and some soil on top, water it, seal up the bag and then the, the air can get in and out. Now, if we get some really warm weather, you may need to give it a little bit of water, mm-hmm. but water will percolate into the actual bag itself through the Enviro mesh. Fantastic. And the mesh then creates this microclimate. So the plants grow 50% faster. And that was one of the problems with the veggie pod last year. It had, stuff actually grew. So quickly. You were, you couldn't keep up with the amount of... <laughs> what a great complaint. <laughs> right. And there's five in my house and some of them are vegetarian. And, and even we can't, you know, we, could, we weren't using all that, that, that the pod would, would uh, create. So you got the veggie pod and you've got the veggie bag for people that just want to have a go I suppose is really what I'm yeah. saying and all of the so potatoes in particular this is the time of year I think we mentioned it last year um, I had a lot of interest in the slug resistant varieties I mentioned those last week the, the Maris Pier the Foremost and Kestrel which are really really good if you are growing potatoes in containers two varieties I would recommend one being Nandine which is a very good um, second early variety it's a heavy cropper and it's lovely for salads people like that lovely. salad potato yeah. But Valor as well and a variety called Rocket are first early varieties and they're particularly good. Rocket only grows, even though the the name, first of all, it's very fast growing and it does produce a heavy crop, but the stems don't grow too tall. Now, just to clarify, we're talking about potatoes Potatoes, yeah. So it's it's a variety called Rocket Potato and um, very successful in pots and containers, big cropper, um, perfect to grow in the veggie bags or in containers in general. And another variety called Valor. And if you plant them now, you'll be picking those at the end of June. Um, so, so they're well worth planting now. But there's lots of the other varieties. The blight-resistant varieties like Blue Danube, Satanta are really good. Colleen is a really good blight-resistant variety if you don't want to be spraying them later on the season. And of course, all the vegetable plants and the cabbage and the lettuce, they can be planted now. Tomatoes, if you want to grow them, the plants are available now. You can still sow seed of um, tomatoes right. from seed indoors um, but the plants are available as well so you can pot those up into again something like the veggie bag would be ideal or into pots and containers keep them indoors because the frost is there at the moment so you want to kind of your conservatory or patio or a warm windowsill area to grow them on for another couple of weeks and once we get out of the, the risk of frost then they can be moved to the greenhouse and the tunnel if you have them in your greenhouse and tunnel do put a bit of the uh, garden fleece on them at night time because it is quite chilly and um, tomatoes heavy frost and we had minus two during the night during one of the yeah the we had the week exactly there. so yeah so just keep an eye on that fruit trees in general again a good time to plant fruit so dwarf apples or strawberries or raspberries um, if you go to my Facebook page I have a nice piece done on planting a coronet apple tree in a big pot surrounded by strawberries so you got strawberries and two varieties of apples all over the one pot. Blueberries, of course, can be planted this time of year as well. Raspberries, all of those can go in now. And finally, the kitchen herbs. It's a great time uh, to plant the herbs for Easter in particular, but a good time. Sow them from seed if you wish or sow them from plants and get them in and get them growing. And again, remember they'll grow in a window box or a container. They're so, so easy to grow. So they're the type of things uh, from a grow your own perspective. So it's it's the perfect weather. Garlic, okay. onions, shallots, all can go directly outside. Okay, we've given a great flavour of uh, different things there, but I see quite a few different questions. So we'll specifically come mm. to uh, those various ones over the course of the next 40 minutes or so. I'm going to start with scented roses because that text came in at around half seven this morning, Porik. So we'll go in chronological order okay. as best we can. Yep. Let's do so that. good morning. Would love to get some rose plants with scents from my mother because she loves roses. 
what would you recommend? And Mother's Day is tomorrow. Tomorrow, isn't it? yes. No, we're not yeah. forgetting about that at all. So, well, let me think. Scented roses. So, so here's five really, really good ones. So, Mum and a Million, which would be very appropriate this yes. this weekend. It's a hybrid tea rose. It's a lovely kind of shell pink colour um, quite a nice one Mum in a Million lovely for cutting something maybe for Florabunda which means many flowers there's a lovely one called Super Trooper which is an orange rose um, Florabunda uh, really nice one lovely scent off a dark green foliage with these brilliant orange flowers there's another one called Just Joey which again is apricot in colour okay. um, yellow roses probably my favourite is Arthur Bell it's a real old English rose. The bud is red, but then it opens this brilliant yellow and a, and a really nice scent. And probably the last one I would recommend is one called Fragrant Cloud, yeah, which yeah. again is, is, as the name suggests, but look at this, loads of different varieties. What, Ra- what colour is Fragrant Cloud? Is red. Okay. It's a velvet red. Um, so if you've got yellow, you've got red there. Um, another nice one is Rhapsody in Blue after the great song. Lovely. And uh, it's blue. It's a bluish but fabulous sweet scent. And any of the David Austin roses as well, if you look for those in your local garden centre, they tend to be all highly scented. David Austin's lovely collection of scented roses. And this is the time of year. It's a great time for planting roses in the garden and pruning them if you haven't got them pruned. So hopefully lots of nice options there for you. Yeah, they're all good. Now, boxes plants. Planted in the ground from being in pots, they're very withered and sick looking. Yeah, not surprising. And you often see this. So boxwood or boxes is the boxwood. You often see it outside restaurants. It's that small leaved hedging plant often trimmed into a topiary shape, you know, into a circle or a ball or a sphere or whatever and in pots if they get dry boxwood will will weather and, and start to uh, become they'll come under stress effectively so the listener has done the right thing plant them out into the garden soil use a good quality compost trim off anything that's dead or damaged and the other thing with all boxwood to check particularly in about two weeks time they tend to get an aphid a white aphid so if they, if they seem sticky to the touch particularly as a new growth starts. Um, so what happens is the the uh, the aphid lays the eggs in the autumn. It sits on the boxwood through the winter period. And then as the growth starts to come out, the young larvae start to hatch and start to feed on that young growth. And boxwood always gets uh, white aphid. Right. So it's not a case of will I get it or won't I? It will definitely be there probably in two to three weeks as the boxwood comes into growth. So my advice really with these is to transplant them, give them good watering, put down some fresh compost, um, plant them into the soil, trim them back and tidy them up and then give them a good liquid feed. So uh, tomato fertiliser would be fine or Fostogen or miracle Grow. Good liquid feed now. Re- repeat in about two to three weeks' time and then as soon as the new growth starts, put on one of the safe... Um, Borik is trying to think of it now of the uh, bug clear there's a bug clear that's used on fruit and vegetables that's very it's organic it's very very safe to use but it's brilliant at controlling any, any of the aphids so tr- treat the boxwood in about two weeks time and if people have boxwood in their garden this is the time to give it a feed mm-hmm. because it will be looking a bit yellow but do keep an, out, an eye out for that white aphid later on in two to three weeks time and put on one of the organic treatments to get rid of it okay um, cutting the lawn somebody has cut their lawn good well on you well put done. on the zero so is it okay to put out the Osmo lawn feed any time now? Yeah, out of laziness, I often do the two on the same day. Just put the zero out and and straight straight away put the Osmo on as well. So basically the zero controls the moss. It tends to work overnight um, and it's a perfect time of year to get that on. But the Osmo then really feeds the lawn. So it gives it a lovely green colour for up to three months. So it doesn't force the growth. It just gives creates this lovely green colour and it will feed it for three months. So you can put them on the same day if you wish or you can leave a day or two 
um, I, I had a gentleman in yesterday and he where he we were just having the fun mm. over the lawn but he had bought the zero and the Osmo and I was saying that look you can put these on the same day he's mm-hmm. so, I'm 72. He says, I'm retired. I'll do this today. And on Monday then, he says, I'll put on. <laughs> what a lovely, what a lovely position to be in. <laughs> yeah, I that. So, yeah, you can put them on the same day or you can leave them a day or two apart. Um, one is to control the, to kill the moss and the other is really to feed the lawn and give it a nice green colour. But remember, the Osmo won't force the growth. So it won't mean extra mowing. People tend to be worried about that. It just gives a lovely green colour. Gives green, the greens yeah. yeah. Is it too early to sow onion sets and lettuce seeds, etc. in my garden? I have it ready and I'm Raring to oh, go. Oh yeah, we get out there. I mean, things like most of the most of the vegetable plants and and bulbs you can plant directly out into the garden soil. So um, I did mention the frost and that, and and it's only things like the tomatoes and the cucumbers and the pumpkins and uh, French beans that you should keep in just for, for the moment. They tend to be frost sensitive, but all of the others, lettuce, cabbages broccoli, Brussels sprouts, they're all available as plants now. Peas, you can plant them directly out into the garden soil. If they get a bit of frost at night time, it won't damage them. We have them outside in a cold area. It's covered, but it's cold. Um, so they're good and hardy. And all the bulbs then, the sets, the shallots, the garlic, asparagus, they can be planted directly into the garden soil. They're, they're totally frost. You know, frost won't affect them. Right. You can also sow the seed of plants. So things like carrots. Now carrots, I would leave maybe for another couple of weeks. We do have carrot plants ready for planting, but leave them for another couple of weeks because they tend to like a little bit of warmth to germinate well. But all the other seeds, like lettuce seeds, the cabbages and all this, those seeds are perfectly fine for sowing out of doors. Or as I said earlier, start them off in your windowsill. Why not use your yeah. warm heated house to, to, to if you cover, cover the tray with cling film it saves you having to water and it tends to accelerate the germination as well and they'll be up in seven or eight days inside in a, in a relatively warm room and then they can be transferred and then they can be transferred harden them off for a day or two you know you let keep them out kind of in a colder area maybe for a day or two just to get they get a little bit tougher and then plant them out into the garden soil Climatisation Yeah and there's plenty of time yet and all the plants we talked about the beetroots that we chat about mm. and the Swiss chard from seed can be planted directly into the garden soil. Excellent. Now, my potatoes in the tunnel were ruined by wireworm last oh, yeah. year. Now I'm going planting some this year. Can I use nematodes and do I apply them? Yeah, not yet. Well, certainly you can go ahead and plant the potatoes now. Now, a, a good tip for what you can do and what's often done organically to control both wireworm and slugs in the soil is if you've got old potatoes or potatoes that you might be chucking out, say they've sprouted, in, uh, you know, um, eating potatoes that you have bought in the shops and they're beginning to sprout, rather than dumping those, if you split them in two and place them around your garden or in the tunnel in this instance, the wireworm will actually go come up out of the soil and go into the pieces of potato or you could semi-bury them in the soil leave them for about a week or 10 days and then lift them and dispose of them put them out in the refuse and it's kind of a physical trap as it were for the wireworm or for slugs so they'll tend to go to those because there's nothing else in the soil for them to eat at this time of year the wireworm will be attracted to the pieces of of cut potato take them up after a week Okay. Uh, right. So that's Clever. one way of doing mm. it, and it's a good organic way of doing it. And then um, plant the potatoes then later, maybe in, in a fortnight's time. The time to use the nematodes is when the weather really warms up in April, uh, and that's time enough to be treating the the potatoes you're going to put into the tunnel because they won't be forming tubers anyway till later on in in June. So my advice really is to 
use the, the little traps first of all the little potato pieces to gather up the wireworm that may be there and then plant your potatoes in a week or 10 days time then use the nematodes in April and we'll remind listeners anyway at the right time to use the nematodes because the wireworm A has to be physically there and the soil has to be warm enough as well for the nematodes to work you need a certain temperature, temperature yeah. ideally kind of over 50, you know, 10 to 15 degrees soil temperature so, so normally April May sort of period yeah. it works that little bit better we're not there just we're not yet just, yeah exactly great uh, now now you uh, can if you yes. are buying seed potatoes you can if you're not ready for planting just yet you can be sprouting them which means you just take them out of their bags chuck them into a tray leave them, leave them on a bright um, open area so somewhere like a garage maybe with a, a windowsill or put them into a greenhouse and let them initiate their buds start to spout, sprout they'll produce little buds within a week or ten days and, and that's what you're looking for short stubby purple sprouts starting on the top of the potatoes and then plant them into the garden soil so don't feel you have to be rushing out and doing it straight away you could be getting them sprouting them and, and then planting, then planting them, in, them out you know in another two weeks or whatever remember we can plant potatoes up to the end of May great but don't leave it till the end well, of May well this year there won't be the seed won't be there yeah. definitely, definitely okay because the demand is the on the demand is high yeah. uh, I've pear seeds germinating in a kitchen roll for oh, a fantastic. month and the shoots are about 50 millimetres long what do I do next 50 millimetres wow that's five, five centimetres, centimetres so about yeah. two inches long well, in around doing yeah. really well and it's a great way to germinate it just shows you how seeds will germinate in tissue paper and moisture Remember at school we yes. used to do this, sprouting the crests and all that. So um, what I would do with them now is is take the, the seedlings, pot them up into a mixture of compost and vermiculite or perlite. That'll give it a nice airy, gritty sort of mixture. So get yourself a, a little small pot. You could use a yogurt tin if you want and put a few holes in the bottom um, and Mix compost and vermiculite together. Put in the pear. You can put the two seedlings in together if, <clears throat> if you want into the one pot and keep them on your windowsill and let them grow on. And they will grow on and they'll make small little saplings about maybe a foot high between now and the end of May, early June and then plant them out into the garden. Now, the thing about growing and you can the same thing applies with apples. You can sow apples from pips yeah, so we're, I'm presuming them. this is where you had that's a pear where, oh, uh, that you, you purchased the in the supermarket or whatever. Yeah, yeah. so the thing about them is that they... You don't really know what you're going to get, so so you take a you take okay. a, the, the seed out of a um, uh, James Greave apple. You yeah. don't get James Greave because it's been grafted. It's is been it? no because it's been well. It's been it, the the seedling the apple has been cross fertilized with another variety. So you tend to get a you get a hybrid or a okay. mix. They tend to be quite vigorous in their growth. So when you plant them in the garden, they tend to do tend to be very vigorous, very fast growing um, as a seedling, and tend to be not very productive. Okay. Well, so the tree will grow perfectly fine. Oh, as in it won't bear that much fruit? Is it that won't bear that much fruit, right. exactly. Now, there are exceptions. So there are plants like Bramley seedling, as the name suggests. It was found by, a, by an English gardener um, as a seedling growing in, in his back garden. That's where we got the Bramley seedling from. Right. And it, it just turned out to be a fantastic cooking apple that we now graft. We bud and graft. So the, the parentage comes... True. So the, oh, so it's kind so of a pure it's, line. It's as true such. to yeah, it's true to type. So that's why budding and grafting is done with apple trees and pear trees because you want the specific variety to come true each time. Otherwise, whereas, you're going to have hybrids. Exactly. Whereas, whereas if you're taking a little seedling from now, they'll grow perfectly and they're great fun, and you can plant them out in the garden. And hey, who knows? You might end up with the next Bramley seedling. <laughs> 
<laughs> so there are there are being successful varieties Brilliant. that have been bred from seed, um, but in the main, apples and pears and plums are all grafted. So that's why they're named varieties like James Greve or John Gold or whatever. They have a specific name and they're grafted. Um, so, so, so that's just so, a by the by type of thing. So, but in so terms you, of this, yeah. an, the answer to this question, I would simply pot it up into compost and vermiculite, grow it on for another week, couple of weeks. You know, it's probably the end of April, early May. Then plant it out of doors. But do bear in mind that it, they're probably going to end up as fa- fairly large pear trees that may not necessarily bear fruit. Okay, so it's a bit of a chance, yeah. but you're looking oh, at no, a fun perfect, journey nonetheless. Perfectly fine. It's great for kids yeah. to do. You know, take little yeah. pips from the from the seedlings and grow them. Avocados can be done that way. Apples can be sown from seeds. Most most um, uh, seeds are viable in fruits, and you can sow them, and you get something. To okay, grow. and you never know; you might Who end knows? up with something really rather extraordinary. <laughs> knows, yeah. uh, now, um, I want to plant some strawberries with my children this Brilliant. weekend. Brilliant. Um, is this the time, and what do I need to make this a success? Okay, so they they are so easy to grow strawberries. Think that people often think they're bushes or trees, but and there is a tree actually called the strawberry tree, but but. Um, strawberries are grown from runners or small little plants so they're available in garden centres at the moment pop into your local garden centre get yourself when I visit Keeling's Fruit Farm in Dublin in North County Dublin they grow they used to grow anyway uh, a couple of years back they used to grow their strawberries in gutters you know the gutters that are on your home on your house ordinary gutters so these uh, aluminium gutters filled with compost and they'd be up in the, you know, maybe six feet up in the air so that the fruit would hang down and make it easy for the pickers. So that's how they grow their fruit commercially. So all you need is a window box, a container, it can be a raised bed, you can plant them out in the garden soil, you can plant them anywhere. You can plant them in with lettuce plants and with salad plants, whatever. I often stick a couple of uh, strawberries into my hanging baskets. Lovely. You don't tell anyone. And there you have a surprise. <laughs> and they're there then when, when you want to use them during the summer. So strawberries are dead easy to grow. And I believe the, the child that grows a strawberry eats a strawberry. So get them growing. It's a great way. And within a couple of months, they're going to have something. They're, they're going to see the whole thing being pollinated, flowering, being pollinated, growing. And they get the child that grows a strawberry will eat that strawberry then later on in the summer. So it's a great way for children. They're perfectly hardy, so you can plant them up in window box and containers, leave them outside. Don't give them too much feed because you tend to get excessive leaves at the expense of flower and fruit. So really you just keep them watered. Allow them to flower, let the bees come and do their thing and... Um, You'll have, You'll have fruit have this too. summer. Now, I'm going to stay with strawberries for another question, Porek. I've set strawberries in a polytunnel. How do I encourage pollinators into, into the tunnel? Do we need pollinators for we them? We do. Yep. Well, if you if you ever buy a strawberry in a shop, sometimes you'll see them and they're square or they're a funny shape. I yeah. think I said this to you before. And that's because they haven't been properly pollinated. So they need the bumblebees. So commercially, Keeling's, going back to Keeling's Fruit Farm, they'll bring the bumblebees, a box of bumblebees, into the tunnels into the greenhouse and release to do them. their job and the bumblebee will ground and it'll pollinate all the flowers so when you get a square strawberry where it's not that beautiful mm. heart shaped it's an indication it's been wind pollinated or un- not successfully pollinated by an insect, an insect because the bee will literally go around to each area of the flower and 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 that's why you get the perfectly shaped fruit oh so going back to the question so the question is that strawberries oh, are yeah. in a polytunnel and how do we get the pollinators Open in there the doors And I guarantee you the bumblebees will find your strawberry plants anyway, uh, you know. So just open the doors when they're in flower. The bees will find them. uh, No problem whatsoever. You can sow some uh, other flowers if you want to attract, you know, help to bring the bees in. So, for example, in in the um, Victorian Wall Garden in Dublin, they plant oregano 
the herb oregano at the base of all the fruit trees to help bring the bees into the garden. So it's a great way of kind of, you know, having two plants growing together right. that need the bees yeah. um, and so on. But for your for your strawberries in your tunnel, just open the doors. The bees will find them no problem whatsoever. Don't be worrying about that. That's not a not an issue. Not if you're growing them in the veggie pod, then you do need to open the veggie pod when the strawberries are in flower. So lift, lift your lid or open your bag the, the, or whatever you're using. Open the lid for, that, for, for a couple of days and allow the bees to come in and do their thing just when the, when the strawberries are in flower. Okay. But no problem in a tunnel. No problem in the tunnel. No problem right. whatsoever. Sorry, daffodils. Let's talk about daffodils for a Let's second. Let's talk about something different. Uh, my yeah. small daffodils are getting eaten. Is there anything to stop that? Uh, well, that's the slugs. And, and slugs will often attack um, daffodils when they're still in the soil. So as the as the little shoots are starting underground back in kind of January, December, mm. uh, the slugs can often attack them. So when they open, they're already physically damaged. So it's a bit of slug damage. I look at, I wouldn't bother putting any treatment on them, to be honest. They're, they've been damaged kind of earlier on in the season. Right. Just you'll have to live with them now. And, 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 and uh, hopefully next year things will come yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And sure the slug has to live too. Oh, <laughs> Not everybody wants to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, at, um, there's no point really treating them. You could treat them earlier next year, maybe okay. put down a, a little bit of organic yeah. slug control. But um, a little bit of damage on the flower is just, you know, that's to be expected. I see it on my own and I, I don't fret over it. And actually somebody had approached me during the week also on a daffodils question. So situation is uh, we've new daffodil bulbs. We have new compost. Great. They have been planted up. They are growing, but there is not a sign of a flower. Okay, and when did they plant them? They planted them, I think. In the pro- ocean. Yeah. In the ocean, yeah. there's no sign yeah. of a flower. So some of them are coming up and that's all fine, but there are others uh, not uh, in different pots now. So some in the pot is up and flowering. Okay. Some of them in the pot are up, but there's no flower. Okay, so, and they may not flower this year. Okay. So remember that when you buy a daftal bulb in the autumn, you're generally buying a three-year-old bulb. Okay. Did I tell you that? I, my very fir- one of my very first jobs at 16, I went to uh, Holland and I worked for the summer picking bulbs at 16. That was my first job. I can see that yeah. it has had so an it impact has on you. It, is, it has still resonated. <laughs> Good or bad, yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs> but anyway, um, so daffodils, so, so you're buying a three-year-old bulb. That's what you're buying, right? Yeah. If the bulbs are small, if you buy a, a small bulb, if it's two or one-year-old bulb, they're not going to flower for another season. So generally when you're buying daffodil bulbs, buy plump, fat, heavy bulbs. The bigger the bulb, you're guaranteed flower in them because the actual flower embryo is already formed in the bulb in the autumn. So in September, the bulb is the flower bud is already formed within the bulb, bulb right. right? But if you get young bulbs, or if they're small, or if you take little offsets, you know you can often buy a bulb and there might be one or two offsets on the side of it, little mm. offshoots. They won't; they'll grow perfectly fine, but they won't flower. flower. In the, but they will come into flower it, as they get older. Right. So they're just a bit on the young side. So exactly. Really is what we're saying. So my advice really would be to plant those out into your garden soil, feed them well. Okay. For, the, for the next yeah. couple of weeks they'll die back as normal and they'll produce their flower bulb, bud next year okay so the so the, so so it's only so a matter the of time it's the just that the bulbs right. are, are, young. are young young that's the Brilliant. only problem they will come into flower for you okay lovely stuff now are there bedding plants suitable for baskets and window boxes in the store yet and can they be delivered well we don't we don't deliver plants simply because of the um most of our online shopping is done by is is delivered by dpd okay and and plants don't travel very well in, in the back of the dpd van unfortunately so you're better to pop in for the plants um 
Yes, so what, what could you do? So things like the training for juniors are actually in already, believe it or not. So if you want to do your, your hanging baskets up early, you could certainly start that. Now, naturally, there's no flowers on them yet and won't be for another month. But if you really wanted to get uh, an early start with your hanging baskets, you could certainly pop in. If you want plants that are in bloom at the moment that would be suitable for hanging baskets, you could plant violas, which are beautiful at the moment. The summer pansies are in and the flowers are on them already. Uh, campanula, the lovely blue campanula, is in flower as we speak. You could put the yellow uriops for a bit of colour right in the in the centre. So there are lots of plants in flower that you could certainly put in to your hanging baskets now for a bit of Easter colour, say, for through Easter and up until early summer. Um, but also if you want to plant your hanging baskets with some trailing petunias, there's geraniums in, for example, at the moment and, and trailing petunias, uh, but they won't be flowering until later, later on in the summer. So okay. it depends when the, the listener wants so a bit of colour. maybe want, mix and match a small bit. Yeah, if you, well, if you want colour now and, and through Easter, then definitely there are plants in the store with flowers on them if you put them into hanging baskets they look fab and we have then the start of the uh, the uh, hanging basket summer plants coming in but there's plenty of time there's no rush yet April now, is probably a good time to do them Are there any fun seeds that I can grow with the children something that might add a bit of fun and also some that they can eat later Okay yeah well why not um, well sort of fun seeds so you've got the pumpkins and the gourds which are always lovely through Halloween um, you might not necessarily be eating them but they're great for the kids to grow and a, and a, a lovely thing to do um, you can sow the seeds of lots of uh, tomato plants at this time of year and there's some fun varieties like totem that only grows grows like a totem pole but it only grows about maybe a foot or inches in height and um, kids love that because it's nice and short and it produces fruit during the summer uh, you've got calendulas which are have these really sunny bright it's a flowering plant but it's got this lovely uh, bright yellow flower like a sun flower sunflowers themselves can be sown from seed at this time of year Perfect. if great. you want something really quick you could do the cresses any of the cress family and um, they could be sown from seed as well Sutton seeds actually have a range specifically for children so I can't think, I think it's uh, fun to grow or something, something like that. Right. But there's a whole collection of seed, of seed varieties that they've kind of pulled together. Some edible, some flowering, some that grow really tall, like the sunflowers. Yeah. Um, and and they, they, so if you're in the garden centre, have a look at those. Or if you pop online, you'll see them online on horkins.ie. Brilliant. Uh, do, I might have asked this question already. Sorry, no apologies in advance if I have. Uh, when is the time so cauliflower and broccoli? Uh, now you okay, can, the plants are available now if you want to plant plants or the seed you can still sow the seed of both um, so now is a really good time to plant both and they're perfectly fine out of doors frost hardy all that good stuff I had a jasmine outside all winter it looks okay. dead leaves are all withered and brown do you think it'll come on again? it should do there's two varieties of, of jasmine there's one called jasmine nudiflorum which flowers on naked stems isn't it in Latin fantastic? Naked flowers. <laughs> Nudiflorum. Nudiflorum. So the Jasminum nudiflorum flowers through the winter. It's a bright yellow flowering uh, plant and it flowers literally on naked stems. It's got these green stems and yellow flowers. Very unusual plant during the winter and very easy to grow. But I would guess the one that the listener has is Jas- Jasminum officinalis, which is the ordinary common white flowering scented jasmine. It does tend to lose its foliage during the winter, particularly when we get a wet, cold winter like this. So it won't come into growth until April. April. So my advice really is to leave it where it is, um, see what happens. And then if you see some young growth in early spring, start to feed it and, and coax it back on again and, and it should be fine. Trim off any of the dead leaves that might be there at the moment or any dead brown stems and that'll help to stimulate some new growth as well. Now, is there such a thing as yellow raspberries? I have the red fruiting types but would love something different. Are there any other fruits I can plant now? 
a bit like red, yellow tomatoes. Yellow does tomatoes. It, does it yellow the novelty. T- yeah, the sun baby is the is the yellow tomato, which you could, that, there's one for the kids now if they wanted something different, a yellow tomato rather than the red ones. Uh, in terms of raspberries, there is there's a variety called Falls Gold. Falls Gold. So it's, it looks exactly the same as the ordinary raspberry plant, but the, the fruit is golden or yellow. And uh, it's yellow, yeah. It's kind of a deep yellow, a butter yellow colour. Falls gold, lovely flavour as well, and it's lovely mixed in with the red raspberries because most of the other varieties are red. So it's nice on the on the bowl oh, to have the yeah. the yellow and the red together. So falls gold is the um, is the yellow raspberry, and a great time of year for planting raspberries in the garden. And they're great fruit because they freeze so well during the winter. You know, and the fruit yeah. really well. Uh, Taberries too, and Taberies are fabulous as well. They're like a raspberry, but they're tarter, okay. sharper. And they're a bit fatter, are they? Are um, they, are they're, they? They're kind of longer, the more so than fatter. Yeah, they're kind of a longer fruit, a bit like the wild uh, blackberry. Right. Very similar to that, right. but, but you know, longer and, and tart, lovely tart flavour to them. Lovely. Raspberries are one of my favourite fruits. Mm. Um, now, putting a hedge around my house, either a laurel or a landy, how far apart do I plant them? And do Horkins have them in store? Yeah, they, they, they should be in stock at the moment. Um, now, laurel and landy, I remember that they're very, very vigorous. So be careful what you wish for. So people are tempted to, to put in fast growing hedging plants. Uh, but but they continue to be fast growing mm. and in their adult Forever. in their adult years. So you do have to you have to bear that in mind. So if you want a tall, solid, big hedge, then fine, they're 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 good to go. But but uh, you know just be careful that if you want a hedge say up to six feet, I would consider planting something a lot less vigorous. Right. So I have beech, for example, planted in my own garden, which is very very mm. easy to trim and maintain. It's slow growing. Um, Less trimming than most hedges, but it looks fabulous as well in, in wintertime and, and in spring as the new leaves come on. But you have other varieties of laurel that would be shorter in stature, like Etna, which is a more a slower growing varieties, or Fortinia Red Robin, which would be slower, or um, Portuguese laurel, which is a slower growing hedge. So maybe if the listener pops in, we'll have a chat with them, mm. maybe take some photographs of the area, mm. bring it in and... Um, but in terms of, sorry, the question was how far to space them. Yes. So you, you plant them two per linear metre. So if you've got 100 metres, you need 200 plants of okay. either or either. Pretty of simple. Leylands. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I suppose so that, that, that... Two, two plants per linear metre. But they are vigorous and, and it is a mistake. You know, people often make <coughs> putting in something that's very, very fast growing yeah. and then you have a lot of cutting and trimming. You do. And I think it was <clears> something, maybe maybe I've noticed this myself, but as people get older, it's more difficult to maintain to those hedges. So while they may have been sown 30 years ago or something, yeah. uh, it's something you really have to think about long term. It does. So it's always about picking the plant to suit the the hedge rather than just something that's going to grow fast and kind of solve a problem in in the short term. Think mm. long term really with them. And a lot of people are taking back out the Lelandia, you know, because yeah. they just get too big. big. And too. Yeah, they just kind of take yeah, over. A great hedge if you keep it if managed can, yeah, yeah. and under six but feet. But it does but once, require a management plan. Yeah, and once it goes above that, it tends to, it can be a lot more work. Now, a picture into us, Porik. Um, it's a plant and we've had a look at it. Uh, wondering, what can I do to save it? I was told it's called a money tree, says a money Mary. tree, yeah. yeah. One of the easiest plants. Well, it you... doesn't look too bad now, Mary. Okay, okay. It's in good nick. It's in it's nice and healthy. good nick, but All it right. probably needs a bit of care. So the money tree is is um, a succulent. It's an indoor plant. It gets its name because it's seen to be lucky. It's often called the lucky plant as well. And you'll often see it in Chinese restaurants, huge in yes. Asia, because people give it as a gift if you're opening a new business or you're you're starting your first new home or whatever. So it's seen as a very, very lucky plant and it flowers. It produces a kind of a, a whitish or pinkish flower, very small. And they say that when it flowers, that's when you come into money. <laughs> so I don't know how true 
that is. Right. But anyway, that's the money tree and that's how it gets its name. One of the most simplest plants to grow. So Mary, water it once a month, repot it every five years and feed it maybe once or twice during the spring kind of summer period. Right. So watering it once a month. Yeah. Now, if it's in the same pot for a long time, obviously you repot it every five years. It may need just to be moved into a, a slightly bigger pot. And my advice is really to use a soil-based compost like John Ennis. So John Ennis number two or number three compost when you're replanting it. It won't need replanting for another five years. And remember, water just once a month. Perfect. Simple as that. Very easy plant to propagate from cuttings as well. And even if you take a leaf of the money tree and stick it in the soil, just the leaf, it'll grow. Okay. Uh, now, a couple of quick fire ones for you, Porik. Um, some advice, please. I purchased 20 dahlia bulbs this week. Can I plant them outside in the soil now with compost? What compost to use and do I need to feed them? Beginner. <laughs> right. Well, I would start them inside. So get your get your ordinary multipurpose compost, get a couple of trays or boxes or containers or pots and simply pot them up. Uh, fingers down. Uh, so the, 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 the tuber part of the fingers down into the soil and just have the nib of the dahlia showing over the top of the soil. Dahlias are frost tender. Frost can damage them. And by planting them directly into the garden soil, the soil is quite wet at the moment as well. You run the risk of them rotting. So as a beginner, my advice really is to pot them up, start them inside. You can put Put them in your in your garage with a nice bit of window, a nice bright window maybe. Um, greenhouse and tunnel is still too cold for them. So maybe somewhere a windowsill would be perfect as well. As they start to shoot and start to grow, pinch out the new growth. So when it produces about six inches of new stem, mm. get your finger and your thumb and literally or a scissors and just pinch the centre of the growing shoot out and that will fatten up the dahlia plant and you get twice or three times as much flower from the plant. Continue to liquid feed them and they're safe to plant out of doors from the beginning of May. Now remember dahlias start flowering in June mm-hmm. and they flower till November. Right, so so they're well, of, well worth colour. looking after. Um, so that's my advice really with them. Now I have a half acre lawn which is full of moss. How half much? Acre. Yeah, half acre. So how much zero will it take to treat this, and how often will I have to treat it? I have a twenty liter knapsack. How many meters in a an acre? Ah, uh, here. Four thousand. Thank you. Four thousand. So five liters. So uh, zero comes in three sizes: two and a half, five, and ten. The ten liter size doesn't exactly an acre. So you need five liters of. Um, Zero, zero to do to one acre. We do recommend applying the zero, particularly, um, and, and I should say this, that the, the most effective time and when moss is growing is generally in autumn and winter. Having said that, if people have moss in the garden, now is the time to get on the zero. Apply it again in, in six weeks' time and do feed the lawn, as I said, with the Osmo, just to green it up and give it a bit of colour. So get the zero on now. You'll need five litres to cover half an acre. Put it on in a knapsack sprayer. Make sure the sprayer is obviously clean, that you haven't used it for a weed killer or whatever. So wash it out with washing up liquid beforehand. Um, kind of walk slightly slower than normal walking pace when you're applying it. So you, you get a good spread. Yeah, but you don't need to drench the moss either. Just a, you know, a relatively light application. So five litres of zero will cover half an acre. Um, you mix it one to ten. If the moss is very heavy, you could put it on slightly stronger. Um, you know, it mm. depends on, the, on how much moss is in it. And it literally kills the moss overnight. Okay. And uh, how do you get rid of wild garlic in the garden? Wild garlic ransoms. Well, ransoms. it's a great. Well, yeah, it it does spread, and it can be it can be a bit of a nuisance. It's a great plant at this time of year for using for pesto, and and yeah. uh, the leaves are fantastic to grow. To get rid of it, you dig it out. It's and it's easy enough to dig out. Okay. It's it's kind of shallow rooting. So yeah. get a good fork or a garden spade, nice dry day, and 
just dig it out and remove it. It's quite simple. This is a good time of year to do it. Wear a pair of gloves because it's quite a strong smell mm. of the of the liquid of the uh, foliage yeah. on your hands and so on. Apparently, lots of people are asking if it's safe to buy bouquets of flowers from Mother's Day, but I think plants in general. Oh are, yeah, there's yeah. there's no restrictions yeah. on plants whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no yeah. restrictions whatsoever. Okay, I'm afraid on that note, we will have to uh, leave it for this morning. Yeah, and just to remind people, if they are in the, the garden centres, please use the hand sign it. Tables and we have gloves there for people to use. We are open at 10 a.m. in our Turlock store for, and particularly uh, for our older gardeners, we'd like to see them in at that time. It's a good time for them to pop in. Okay, brilliant. I, I know there were loads of questions we didn't get to, so we'll apologise for that in advance and hopefully we'll get to address some more of that for you next week on the programme. That's it. Do stand by. Michael Neary is coming your way directly after the news at 10 with uh, Country Classics. Until next Saturday, for me, all going well. Good morning to you.